Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week we are recapping Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 7, The Festival of Living Art. The episode bio for this is... Rory and Lorelai participate in a Stars Hollow event in which the townspeople dress up and present tableau imitating famous paintings. Delightful. Yeah, it's a, an episode we've been waiting for, I think. Mm-hmm. Memorable. Potentially one of the most memorable of season four, because right now I'm having a hard time remembering any other very specific episodes of season four. I'm with you. I think definitely of season four, if not... All of Gilmore Girls' mm-hmm. top episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree. Um, before we get into things, don't forget to rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast and join our Patreon for ad free episodes and search Talking Fast Podcast on Patreon. And just a little hint uh, mm. if you don't follow us on Instagram, you might want to start because we've got something coming in the next few weeks that is very exciting. Yeah. I wonder, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a comparison with the season. Um, as big as Luke and Lorelai's relationship that is coming soon, we have oh, something wow. of equal import, maybe. It's a, it's a huge. Or close. <laughs> huge promise. <laughs> I, I feel like it, we'll it will be. Yeah. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Right. Okay, but to our current episode, I think we've kind of conveyed already that we liked it, but Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more your big picture thoughts. Um, Yeah, I love this episode. I had forgotten a lot of the Suki storyline. I mean, Mm -hmm. I remembered that she was about ready to pop, and so there was like (laughs) the baby pager, but I had forgotten a lot of the other stuff in there, and I just love the like how committed all the townspeople become mm-hmm. like Kirk and his extreme method acting yeah and I'm also super excited about the about Gil coming on the scene and kind of the origins mm-hmm. of Hep Alien as we know it for the rest of the series so yeah I love this episode what do you think yeah about it? <laughs> I thought it was neat that this is the second episode in a row that was really a Kirk is a star yeah moment you know and I I really enjoyed it. it. It's up there with the dance marathon for me in terms of like iconic Stars Hollow townspeople mm-hmm. kind of put togethers, you know, of all the different festivals. It's just su- such like a pleasure to watch and like admire at how the show in terms of like production was able to put it together. So it's really just like a feast for the eyes in a way, the living art yeah. and all. So yeah, a lot of yeah. fun. There were some scenes like during the actual festival, I was trying to figure out how they had staged it mm-hmm. and like just how much work would probably actually go into actually filming it because they had to do all of the actual makeup and everything, you know? Yeah. Be I'm so excited to discuss like which was our favorite tableau and whatnot mm-hmm. when we yeah. get there. Yeah. Exciting. But before we do, I am a master of segues. Wasn't that a line in this episode <laughs> that Lorelai's like the queen of segues or something? Oh, yeah. Anyway, segueing so. <laughs> <laughs> to our Talking Fast segment, you are going first this week. Okay. Let's see how it goes. All right. On your mark, get set, 
go. So we start off with uh, Suki being pregnant and she is a week past her due date. She's decided to go with the midwife, so Lorelai gets a baby pager. The town also has decided to do the Festival of Living Arts. Uh, yeah, that's the, yeah, something like that, <laughs> which means that they all get assigned their different portrait or painting to do, and Rory's in town, uh, I guess she doesn't have school except for when Lorelai goes to visit her and do, uh, laundry, and then Gil comes on to the band. Oh, gosh. I, uh, <laughs> I got really distracted again. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Are you prepared to go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ready? Set? Everyone is on baby watch for Suki. Bo, aka Nick Offerman, is here. Big moment. And Gil's here too. Not for baby watch, but another big character moment in the same episode. Lorelai and Rory are focused on, you know, waiting for Suki, but also on the living portrait slash art festival, which is great. Renoir girl, Lorelai can't flinch again. Rory's the brand new painting. And Hep Alien, like I mentioned, has Gil now. And okay. you'll never know what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, no. Was it something profound? I don't know what it was going to be either. <laughs> but yeah, lots going on. Yeah. Should we slow down and get into the weeds? Um, yes. We start off with a kind of recurring, not theme, but just like bit that comes up a couple times in the episode Lorelai is at home clipping coupons at the kitchen table and Rory is back again with more laundry like how does she <laughs> come up with all this laundry, laundry is the glue that is holding together yeah. season four <laughs> and their two locations it's I true. was like again with the laundry <laughs> I don't think she's I mean at this point if we hadn't seen that scene where she asked the guy out in the laundry room I'd say she didn't know where the laundry rooms were yeah, uh, yeah. When we're in the laundry room again later in the episode, it had me thinking, like, what are the Yale sets that they've made? And it's like mm-hmm. her room, one classroom, and then the laundry room of yeah. all things. <laughs> and it never shows up again after this season, I think. Mm-hmm. We never yeah. spend that much time about laundry. Maybe she starts getting her clothes, like, dry cleaned after oh, yeah. or a service. <laughs> That's what happens when she lives with Logan, I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. But Rory anyway. also kind of gives Lorelai a hard time about potentially clipping coupons, which I'll talk more about later because I have thoughts mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's kind of our opening scene and lane also they're still auditioning people for guitarist (laughs) lane walks into the kitchen dunks her head under the sink and turns the faucet on and then just walks out without saying a word it was great (laughs) yeah that was funny and it had me wondering like that had to be one take right Mm -hmm. because how could she do it again once the actor's hair is wet right so you know she nailed it in one go it seems yeah (laughs) Uh, classic yes and from here we go on to Suki's where Lorelai is visiting a incredibly pregnant Suki she is one week past her due date so she is along with everyone around her eagerly awaiting the bursting or the popping (laughs) or the 
any kind of verb you'd like to use for giving birth. Um, and <laughs> it seems that, uh, yeah, ugh. but it seems at this point, Suki and Jackson have decided to switch gears and have a home birth, which I don't know. I feel like is becoming more popular now. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally aware of what this was like back then in the old days of the 2000s, but Lorelai <laughs> seems pretty um, grossed out by the idea. And I have to say the whole like covering the bed in plastic is a little uh, and needing the extra <laughs> buckets. It's like it does paint a gory picture, let's say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know but, how accurate yeah. that picture is. <laughs> I know. I... I yeah I don't uh, yeah I'm not really an expert in the topic but I feel like it's more commonly in a tub or like a pool at yeah my my sister had a home birth a Mm. home water birth so she was like in a kiddie pool and then my sister-in-law had a home birth my aunt is actually a midwife (laughs) okay so my sister-in-law had a home birth and she was just you know on a mattress um Hmm. so I feel like it is definitely becoming more common but it's still like not the norm for sure yeah Yeah. well we'll get your thoughts a bit more when we have our other midwife shortly (laughs) uh but the last crucial element to highlight in this scene is that suki gives lorelei a baby pager which i think is such a cute such a cute little device um so lorelei can be notified when suki is ready to to go (laughs) this brings up a question for me is there anybody in your life for whom you would want to be there as Mm. they birth a baby (laughs) like if I'm birthing a baby no like would you want to be present at somebody giving birth for anybody in your life um I think I could handle it like I think I'd have the fortitude but I can't imagine like who would want me there beyond maybe like a sister I guess like I have sisters so I could see that um I don't I have a good friend who's on a similar timeline as me maybe she but like no I mean I think but to your point like that's an incredibly close friendship that she would want Lorelai and then it seems like Rory as well um what about you do you think there's anyone who would call you up for that my sister has asked me to be at the birth of her next child when mm. she has one and I have avoided answering <laughs> <laughs> I mean if she wants me there I'll be there mm-hmm. but I would prefer not to <laughs> I guess I would say that's uh, you know one downside to moving near your family yeah. right like you no longer have that's the true. alibi of like I'm many many hours away yeah. <laughs> I can't be there but I guess the person having the baby their desires outweigh my own squeamishness yeah you'll be like rory at sherry's birth like i'm here yeah but i have concerns i have thoughts exactly (laughs) oh and i i totally forgot to mention on another note in the scene this is where we get our famous nick offerman oh yeah first sighting as jackson's family member beau who apparently has come for the birth and then it's been a week, so he's very grumpy about all of the money he's losing from when he could be at work and all. And I think it's interesting that Jackson had a family member come because I know it's quite common for women to have like 
their mothers or sisters or whatever people to come stay for a few weeks and help them but i'm like was Bo there for just moral support for Jackson or what was the plan originally? Because he doesn't seem to be offering moral support of any kind. Like, what is the deal? That's a good point. Also, do we know anything about Suki's family? I feel like we would have not even learned if she has siblings or if her parents are alive or anything like that. That's a good point. She must be an orphan because we've never heard anything. (laughs) She was raised at the inn by Mia, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about her wedding? Like, yeah. I never, I guess I was too busy thinking about um, Jess and Roy kissing to not stop oh, and wonder, yeah, like, who walks Suki down the aisle? <laughs> yeah. I did want to know, though, with our appearance of Bo, mm. he has a very different shtick in this episode than he does in the later episode that he shows up in, which I think is the baptism episode, where he's just mm. like, super horny and Ugh. like harassing Lorelai all the time and this time he doesn't even seem to be aware of her he's just talking mm-hmm. about his missing work so I thought it was interesting they almost bring him on to be two different characters but yeah he's, I mean he's such a good actor so mm-hmm. and I feel like this is almost an audition for Parks and Rec Parks and Rec you know like yeah. a rough character yeah. Ron Swanson will obviously have much more personality than this, but it's in the same vein. Yeah, that's true. My most recent thing that I've seen Nick Offerman in, of course, was The Last of Us, where he played... Outstanding. Was he Bill? Yeah, he was Bill, right? Bill. Yeah. yeah that was such a good performance. Such, yeah. such a good show. I hope he gets an Emmy or something for that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess Not it was this year. that awards define us, but <laughs> they can be nice. Pats yeah. on the back. <laughs> true. So after this scene, we go to a town meeting where Kirk is arriving with his girlfriend, and he mentions that many, many times. He's very proud. And Sorry, Lulu, who did you say Kirk was with? <laughs> with a, his girlfriend. His girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and Lulu seems perfectly happy about it, so we've got the continuation of their cute and very wholesome relationship. Mm-hmm. And at this town meeting... We start off with Lorelai also telling Rory about the home birth and being grossed out by it, which I thought was annoying. <laughs> but uh, um, Taylor, the main purpose of the town meeting is that the group at Woodbury who was going to do this Festival of Living Art has uh, had flooding, so they can't do it. And Taylor has graciously, of course, stepped in. So mm-hmm. Stars Hollow will be putting on the per- the performance, I guess you could call it. Um, yeah. But it seems to be like something that is happens annually, like kind of passed around counties in the area. So that's kind of a cool tradition. Mm-hmm. I wish things like that actually happened. Maybe they do in the Northeast. Maybe on the Eastern Starboard <laughs> or whatever they called it. <laughs> I And it seems like the town's people are also pretty responsive. And Miss Patty, for example, says, Taylor, you finally did something right. And he looks a little... <laughs> perturbed by that and then she tries to cover it for herself by saying your beard is very sexy (laughs) and Lorelai will repeat that later on and it's going to Taylor's head a little bit you can tell Mm -hmm. I also Um, oh oh, go ahead I had my just ass attack in this scene also which I think for me has just become like my favorite line of the episode um since Jess is no longer around R.I.P. But it's for the woman who is, like, I guess kind of the organizer of the festival. Mm -hmm. And 
she her words to the townspeople are uh your enthusiasm shocks me (laughs) i just love that (laughs) delivery (laughs) yeah it's like what does it mean good bad yeah who knows she says it totally like without any expression in any way Mm -hmm. her name is buff otis as well which is just yeah what a name yeah and they do something interesting with her in the scene as well where she's like looking at rory a lot and there's some lesbian jokes Mm -hmm. from lorelei that will continue into the next scene and like Lorelai's saying she's Roy's future wife and wants to like see if she'll ask her out and some strange strange humor going on when in reality as we'll see in the next scene at Luke when Taylor and Ms. Buff Otis are <laughs> staring outside <laughs> inward at Rory Mrs. Ms. I mean yeah Otis Buff, Buff. I don't know <laughs> what would she like to go by um, yeah <laughs> That Taylor and her are both eyeing Rory down and ask to see her profile. And Rory says she feels like a used car, which is a great way to s- describe objectification, right? Um, but she complies. And it turns out that neither of them want to ask Rory out, but they want her to be the star of their recreation, which of course is like, duh, like Rory is the most main star of Stars Hollow. Of course, they're going to make her the center of their original recreation and i mean who can blame them she's like beautiful and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. (laughs) the angel of stars hollow indeed (laughs) we also get a short mention in the scene at luke's that luke is still dealing with divorce stuff which will yeah come up later it will come up later it's dragging on and so he's like grumpy because of it as well Mm -hmm. yeah so Moving forward, later in the week, the preparation for the festival is going on, and this is really the bulk of a lot of the scenes in the episode. We find out a few different people will be portraying certain paintings and statues, things like that, and most notably, Kirk gets Christ or Jesus Christ and he's like, I'm going to do a lot of research. What book should I read? And Lorelai's like, maybe the Bible. And then he's going to go celebrate with his homeboys, a.k.a. the other disciples. And it is just a fantastic and memorable bit that will run throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so committed to this. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we also get the title of the thing that Roy will be in which is the portrait of a young girl named Antia which when I was watching the episode I was like oh I'm gonna look stuff up about that and then Mm -hmm. I didn't look anything up about it so sorry (laughs) for my negligence um we also find out that Lorelai who in the past has been the girl in the in a Renoir painting has not been given the same role because last time seven years ago she flinched And there's a whole back and forth with Miss Patty and Taylor about how she flinched. And Mm -hmm. it was just terrible. She almost knocked her scene partner over. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Lorelai is distraught, I would say. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I love their dialogue of the, like, the very Palladino-ism use of, like, repetition and whatnot because Mm -hmm. taylor's like you almost knocked terrence over and then a second later miss patty's like you almost knocked terrence over and it just adds such a nice like heightened level of cleverness but also you know emphasis on the fact that man she really flinched um so 
We'll see if she can get her role back. Yeah. Timeless hell in our next scene <laughs> at Yale in dun, the dun. laundry room. Our third Yale set, as we discussed earlier. This time we've got Lorelai visiting Rory while she's doing her laundry, which is a nice twist. We get a brief mention that it is midterms time, mm-hmm. and Lorelai describes things as tense. And as an instructor who does not do midterms, it is true that you can tell when your students have midterms in other classes. They are very tense. And so mm-hmm. surprising that, like, last episode, Rory was tense about schoolwork. And then in this episode, when we learn there's midterms, she seems fine and is, like, gone both weekends for this festival and seems to be cool as a cucumber. Uh, but regardless, this is a discussion where Lorelai informs her, hey, they would like you to be Antia, whatever her name is. And Rory, in a wonderful fashion, decides to say, if they want me, they have to make you the Renoir girl, which I thought was incredibly, like, Gilmore of her. Like, this is what, when Richard said she had good negotiating skills when she worked out alone with them, this is actually what would be good negotiating skills. Mm -hmm. That was not, but this is. It's impressive. Yeah. (laughs) I had my Friday night dinner in this scene, Mm -hmm. which is a continuation of the opening scene because Lorelai has brought laundry detergent and Rory makes note that it's like store brand or off brand detergent. And Rory's really, she's like super resistant to the idea that Lorelai might be being more frugal or trying to like get cheaper things. And I thought it was so elitist, (laughs) so Mm -hmm. ridiculous um it's almost like she she expects Lorelai to get name brand things like as part of their kind of reputation or like their look it's like it doesn't look good for them to be cutting coupons or using non name brand detergent it just felt so weird and so I don't know almost unroryish compared to how we've seen her in past seasons yeah I, I wasn't really sure what they were trying to get at with this I just thought it was as somebody who buys mostly store brand things <laughs> it was just kind of insulting and also yeah. makes sense Lorelai's buying it in remodeling it she's broke like let's just admit it yeah yeah this made me wonder if I was like missing some context that was in like the pop culture scene at the time like I was like, is this when the show Extreme Couponing was on or something? Uh, like maybe. <laughs> because I'm like, there's nothing wrong yeah. with couponing. But I do remember watching that show and being like, this is too much couponing. You know, it's like hoarding as well. But I'm I'm totally agree. It was like her remarks were just so off color to me. And for both of them to be so like, oh, middle class is our part of our identity to mm-hmm. then be like shaming couponing, which I guess is maybe not necessarily I whatever it's just very classist of her all around and you're right like it just felt so weirdly placed and not necessarily of her character or if it is it's just like why is it even coming up like Mm -hmm. was it just supposed to be a bit I I don't really I don't know but yeah it's good to critique for sure yeah the way she treated it in the couponing scene it was almost like Lorelai was backsliding into some addiction or something. Yeah. Um, which made me think probably when Rory was growing up, they 
were a lot more frugal about stuff. And so maybe Rory like really associates not having to clip coupons or be more budget conscious as like, I don't know, a sign of their comfort or whatever, which kind of makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like if you don't have to do those things, you are financially stable. But also if you're financially stable, you still might want to do those things so you can spend money on other stuff. Like it's yeah. just it's just such a weird and it goes nowhere in the episode so it's just like mm-hmm. this is the last weird. mention of it yeah, yeah. <sighs> strange i agree i agree <laughs> but after this we go back to stars hollow and we're at uh lorelei's house because there's going to be an audition for the new guitarist and Yay. Lane has set this audition up without meeting the person so it's a complete surprise <laughs> when Gil shows up, who's played by Sebastian Bach, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like clearly in his, you know, 30s, maybe late 30s even. Like he is not young, uh, but he's got the whole like 80s metal kind of look going on. And they play together and he's amazing, but everybody's uncomfortable about the age. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about Gil? I like him. You know, yeah, it's too. so fun to see him, his first arrival on the show. And it's so it's so funny. And I like that they just go in like a complete, like they go in a completely different direction than Dave, you know, mm-hmm. like they could have tried to find an Adam Brody replacement. But instead, they're like, why don't we go in a totally different direction? And it's a really fun direction. And I think it lends some authenticity you know to have alien because sebastian bach is a legit like musician so it's just so fun that like they got him and that he was willing to do this and the character is just so like exuberant and cool but also like funny and awkward because he is so much older than them and has such a different look and all so yeah i was delighted to see him and i was also very like tickled by the understandable like feelings of awkwardness that every other teen around him feels when mm-hmm. they encounter him <laughs> yeah I loved their when they played together I've said this multiple times and I know it's not the most popular uh opinion but I really like Zach's vocals mm-hmm. <laughs> they're very like kind of grunge almost um they're definitely stylized so it's not for everybody and I understand that but I I thought that they were like they were great when they all played together finally with yeah. Gil um, I know when we talked to John Cabrera, he described like the process of making the music where mm-hmm. they would have like the musicians playing and then they would just kind of uh, like lip sync <laughs> with instruments. What's I don't know if there's a word for that. Um, pantomime? Yeah. Pan- yeah, know. that sounds right. <laughs> but obviously Play with your cord not plugged <laughs> in. or <laughs> Yeah. But obviously Sebastian Bach does play. And I'm pretty sure that's really Zach's uh, singing. I completely yeah. forgot the actor's name for the moment. But yeah, I I just love the new Hep Alien. I'm excited I about agree. it. Yeah, this episode has some big stuff for Hep Alien, which mm-hmm. I did not remember. Yeah. And for like the kind of way that Lane has been brushed off so far this season, this was momentous for yeah. her finally. Definitely. Moving ahead more getting ready for the festival stuff. Lorelai has her part as she wanted. Taylor is like threatening her to be good. And Kirk, 
um, says, you know, Lorelai's helping him with his costume. He mentions, I got a kind of slow start because I didn't realize in the Bible that the first testament, Jesus isn't in it. So um, there's some more fun stuff with that. But I think the most the fun part is that as Kirk is, you know, method acting as Jesus, talking about his Bible reading, the town troubadour walks up and it turns out he is playing Judas, classic betrayer of Christ for those of you who are not as aware. <laughs> and Kirk is like in his method acting immediately cold to him. And the troubadour is like, I heard all of you disciples are going out to Shakey's after. And Kirk is like, no, no, we are not. He's <laughs> icing him out. And I'm not even going to talk about what the hell is Shakey's all of a sudden. But um, I don't know. I'm liking the bit of Jesus yeah, very much. I agree. I feel like Shakey's is a chain, like fast food, burgers and fries like and milkshakes type place. But yeah. Yeah. I love the the commitment Kirk always commits. Yep. We interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor. The Connecticut Arts Council is excited to announce the 43rd Annual Connecticut Festival of Living Pictures and will now be hosted in Stars Hollow for the first time in seven years. This last-minute location change is due to flooding in Woodbury. They got a little moisture over there and said, oh well, whatever, never mind. But the town of Stars Hollow was happy to step in with only a week to prepare because this vital tradition must continue. Stars Hollow's festival will feature a tableau of classical artworks such as The Last Supper, Guernica, and The Reaper. You won't want to miss the opening featuring an original recreation of the portrait of a young girl named Antia, starring Rory, who has the perfect profile for the painting, and then the finale of a crowd favorite, Dance at Bogaval, featuring Lorelai as the Renoir girl. Let's hope she doesn't flinch this time around. So after that, we have, I mean, just more of the scene of the band playing which I forgot to mention earlier was my gazebo moment, uh, seeing nice. the origins of the new Hepalian. Um, but after that, we go to Suki's, uh, where there is still no baby. <laughs> Poor Suki. I can only imagine like being pregnant probably is not fun, but then being pregnant longer than you thought you were going to be sounds miserable. De- definitely. <laughs> And we have the introduction of Bruce, who is the midwife, and she is very no-nonsense. She can tell right away that Lorelai is anti-midwife, uh, <laughs> and she makes it clear that there will be no anti-midwife energy at the birth. They're all there mm-hmm. to serve the baby. <laughs> yeah. Leave the negativity at home. Yeah. I and loved- ask yourself, how are you serving the baby? <laughs> <laughs> I loved this character. And... As I said, my aunt is a midwife. She's not, I don't, she's definitely not this, this kind of stern, stern person. But uh, yeah, it's like, it seems like a very difficult job to do because obviously you're like in a very vulnerable moment with people and they're Mm -hmm. trusting you a lot, especially if they've decided not to go to a hospital. So you have to be a person who can like have a, that have the type of personality that makes people feel safe and there are like multiple mm-hmm. ways to do that there's like this yeah. super kind way to do that and then there's also what bruce is doing here which is just <laughs> like 
everything's under control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Stern, I, yeah. commanding. Yeah. Yeah. I love totally. that character. And yeah. Bo and uh, Jackson are like put in their place very quickly as well by her. Hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Enjoyable. <laughs> Um, in the next scene, it seems that Bruce has encouraged them to go on a walk, get out of the house. So Lorelai and Suki are out and about. Unfortunately, Suki has to suffer from a few remarks by men across town mm-hmm. commenting on her body, which we always love, uh, especially yeah. pregnant people, I'm sure. <laughs> and Andrew, for one, says he's surprised she hasn't popped yet, compares her to the gestation period of an elephant. Again, rude. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, Luke will ask Suki if she's having twins. Rude again. Like, yeah, what is up stop. with these guys? <laughs> yeah. Um, but meanwhile, in this scene, my stars hollow moment happens as well. This is with like the unloading of the different supplies for the festival. And Kirk is here, still doing his Jesus bit. Of course, it's not like a bit to him, though. It's like his life, right? He is Jesus at this point. And Taylor and Patty discover half of the table for the Last Supper is missing. And they decide to throw in the towel. They're like, I guess we just are going to quit. Like, everyone put stuff away. And Kirk overhears this. And... This is like my, the nomination. It was this like highly inspirational speech he goes on about their crisis of faith. And he's doing like all of these rhetorical questions. It's very much like a a nice speech. Like I imagine akin to like the rhetoric in the Bible of like how Jesus was talking and whatnot. And um, people seem inspired at this moment. And then later on at the very end of the scene, we see like a crowd has formed around him and he's like on a soapbox or like an elevated surface and is talking to everyone. And it's just incredibly funny to me. And like, I knew I wanted to nominate some part of Kirk as Jesus. And I thought this was like the highlight for me of the best of his Jesus moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Lorelai makes the joke that maybe there will be loaves and fishes, referencing that the Jesus mm-hmm. preaching scene. Because hungry. Yeah. And a quick other detail, because it will come up again. When Luke is not commenting on Suki's body, he oh, also yeah. mentions he's grumpy and he doesn't want them to ask him to build the table to fix the Last Supper table, even though he's already like designed it in his head, <laughs> thought out the specs and how he would build it and whatnot. But he's insisting, like, they will ask me, even if they haven't yet, but I'm not going to do it. And, of course, we get the sense that he's definitely going to do it. Um, Mm. And we'll get that follow-up later on. (laughs) Yeah. He's so predictable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So after this, we are back at home for a quick scene where Babette greets Rory, who is, again, arriving home from Yale with no work to do. (laughs) And Babette, Babette is talking about how much of a hunk Gil is. Um, I have a very vivid recollection of the first time I ever heard the word hunk used in this way. I was in fifth grade. I had a, my fifth grade teacher was from Wales. So she had, you know, a British accent, a Welsh accent. And for some reason she was talking about Harrison Ford and how much (laughs) of a hunk he was. And I'd like that just, I can't get that memory out of my head for whatever reason. Uh, but that's what Babette thinks Gil is, which yeah. I mean, he's a, he's good looking, especially if you're into the aesthetic of the, the 80s rocker. hair metal. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I just rewatched episode four of Star Wars and <laughs> I like renewed my understanding of Harrison Ford as a hunk yeah. because it's like, yeah, Han Solo in that movie, I get it. I you know, know like yeah. I feel like Harrison Ford is a bit like I take him or leave him now for me. But like in that movie in particular, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I agree with your teacher. What a hunk. <laughs> yeah, I would say The Empire Strikes Back is is some of his best hunky moments nice nice (laughs) i'll get there soon in my rewatch of star wars yeah (laughs) um but rory has kind of been called back by lane to listen to the band and give her supposedly unbiased opinion on gill of course they sound great but (laughs) zach and brian are still just like kind of awkwardly edging away from gill the whole time even Mm -hmm. though they're they sound yeah they sound amazing and Rory is a bit taken aback, but she attempts to be diplomatic and say that, well, they sounded good, um, but yeah, he was a little bit uh, uh, older. Experience. <laughs> yeah, experience. <laughs> it's a word she uses, yeah. And, and I, I, like, I get the trepidation, honestly, mm-hmm. though, because bands are so much about, like, image and vibe and... Like, they all have to work together interpersonally. So I I kind of understand the hesitations mm-hmm. about Gil at this point and how Zach votes no here. Um, and, you know, they say, like, one no vote will be it for the band. Like, it has to be unanimous. So the scene kind of leaves us with a Lane and Zach saying, like, this might be the end of the band. Like, who knows? Um, and we will shortly see how this fate is reversed (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like it's it's also potentially like a a safer thing to not let the middle-aged guy join your band Mm -hmm. full of teenagers (laughs) right but exceptions can be made for gil i think in this case (laughs) at least they're out of high school like they're all adults that's true technically yeah (laughs) yeah and some are more experienced adults than others yeah and he he is a young at heart i would say Totally. Moving ahead, our final scene of the night is later on, and Suki arrives at Lorelai's house, banging on the door in the midst of a panic. I like, as we've already said, I like I can only imagine being a week overdue and just wanting this alien out of you. <laughs> hey, that rhymed. Um, so she comes over and she is ranting. I thought this was really great acting by Melissa McCarthy Mm -hmm. like so much good dialogue and heightened emotions going on here and Lorelai does manage to kind of distract her a bit by showing her Rory's baby box from 1984 um a few different fun things in the box including Rory's first jumper made out of a banana rama (laughs) t-shirt cute I yeah I did like flag this as a, a moment where the weird timeline happens because Lorelai says she made this in the post Gilmore economy, implying that like she gave yeah. birth at a point when she'd already left them. When in fact, when we were in the flashback episode, we saw she lived with them for quite not quite some time, but at least a period of time mm-hmm. after giving birth. So uh, it was just a weird choice of them to like. They already wrote that episode not that yeah. long ago. Like, why do this? But hey. yeah, mm. yeah, it could have easily just been like the first one that I made for her, rather than her first yeah. ever one. 
Yeah. I had my Rory's bookshelf in this scene. Um, as Suki is like jiggling around, freaking out, she <laughs> mentions that it's going to be like in Monty Python's Meaning of Life. Uh, and she's referencing a truly atrocious scene in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen The Meaning of Life by Monty Python, but. No, I've only seen the Holy Grail movie by them. It's a very specific type of humor, and I hate to admit it, but even as a medievalist, I've never really liked the Holy Grail that much. I'll still mm. watch it, but no, I don't like right. the it's humor. It's a very specific kind of humor. Yeah. I feel like it's hit or miss, you know? Yeah. But this scene, it's I rewatched it. Uh, t- it's uh, I rewatched it before recording this, and I deeply regret it. That's why you couldn't look up the portrait of yeah, it probably Aunt Antia or something yeah. like that. You're suffering from rewatching the scene. It's so it's so bad. So it's like at this kind of uh, fancy restaurant. It starts off with the guy at the piano playing a song about penises, which is very mm, Monty Python. Always a good start. Yeah, <laughs> and then this guy walks in in like the most gigantic. And terrible fat suit you've ever seen and he walks mm. in and they seat him at a table and right away he asks for a bucket and the whole scene is just him puking and then being fed food and then puking and then being fed food and then in the very last bit he literally explodes from the inside out and there's just him in like this like weird like deconstructed fat suit where you can see like ribs and stuff and he just keeps eating and it's like super fat phobic and also just absolutely disgusting i like i remember i've seen i saw the meaning of life when i was younger with my brothers and of course they loved it i thought it was fine except for the scene haunted me (laughs) i cannot i cannot deal with watching people throw up uh and so i am gonna regret rewatching it for years now (laughs) that is just so bizarre i've never heard of like anything like that i can see it in my mind it's just like and i just can't i don't even know like why would why yeah why is how is that funny i feel the same about the scene in pitch perfect where the girl just pukes like projectile vomits i'm like this is not funny this is disgusting (laughs) i like uh, i can vividly remember watching that movie for the first time in theaters expecting mm-hmm. a fun acapella movie I'm in the height of glee for me and then having it just like projectile vomit Ugh. in the first scene and I feel like they do that as like the shock value because Pitch Perfect the trilogy actually does have like a fairly weird thread of humor to it at times mm-hmm. and they're like well we can do anything now that we've had this projectile vomit but <laughs> honestly i think the scene later in the movie where they're all like in it oh god is yeah. worse like visceral yeah. and the one girl does like an angel uh, that makes me gag every time anyway uh. <laughs> let's stop before we have to put a warning on this <laughs> so gross um <laughs> so this is how Suki's feeling though you know she's really grossed out feels trapped by her own body and like just wants this baby to like let go and like just get on out you know Mm -hmm. it's time (laughs) yeah my sister-in-law her baby was over a week late I want to say 
And I remember like I would check in and every single time her response would just be like, it's still in there. (laughs) I was late too. I was supposed to be born in the end of January and I was born on February 6th. So I guess I made my mom wait as well. Yeah, that was early. I would have been an Aquarius no matter what though, but yeah, you know. (laughs) Just I guess the difference between a January and February Aquarius, if there is a difference. (laughs) Maybe. If there is, I'm not so aware of it. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) But... You know, we move on ahead to the big night itself, the festival of living. You know, in the episode, they call it living pictures, but in the title, it's living art. I don't know why they made that change. Yeah, that's weird. I like living pictures better, I think. I think I like living art better. (laughs) Well, either one works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, both work. And all of the rest of the scenes of the episode are primarily either backstage shenanigans or the actual performance itself we get a little in between at luke's but overall there's kind of like a lot going on here what were some of the highlights for you of this festival um i think kurt getting into a fight with judas was pretty great (laughs) Mm -hmm. judas like some kirk has parked his car uh, in a no parking zone or something and Judas is the one who tells Miss Patty about him so of course that's some betrayal there and they have like a fist yeah. fight in the back and they're all their outfits yeah um I also gave my Lorelai's closet to the weird ferret that Rory has to <laughs> wear over her shoulder <laughs> as I guess a representation of like a fur shawl type thing from the yeah. original portrait yeah, yeah if you like look at the original portrait briefly Rory does like what they end up producing is quite similar Mm -hmm. and yes there is a ferret for some reason I also gave my Lorelai's closet to Rory's look as a whole like blanketly like as a blanket statement I wanted to give a Lorelai's closet to every kind of Mm -hmm. outfit costume and the hair and makeup and whatnot but to highlight just one I thought Rory looked really cool and like, some people, like, Andrew are painted really silver and gray, like mm-hmm. a statue, but Rory's paint is, like, kind of, like, a more subtle silvery gray in a way, and she's got, like, this bronzish gold gown, her weird ferret, and, like, her hair is really cool. It seems like a wig, probably, that she's got on in this updo, and just very fun. Mm-hmm. I like the the production value to hers. Like, Lorelai later has a cool bonnet and wig and whatever, but she's still wearing her jeans, whereas, yeah. like, Rory's is a full-body look. So I thought it was just, like, a 10. Yeah, I agree. I also wanted to, pr- to propose a ship for mm. Taylor and uh, what's his name? Hank, Hank. Hank from Woodbury. Just Who the, is their Taylor, yeah, as Taylor said earlier. The, like enemies to lovers trope i just see in their future the way that they were glaring at each other at the beginning and have this hostility but clearly the same passions for their towns Mm -hmm. i just feel like there's something there (laughs) i love it would we call them tank or taylor (laughs) tank the tank ship tank yeah the tank ship Uh, i'm in i'm in (laughs) i also gave the whole festival of living pictures my stars hollow moment just for obvious reasons i think yeah what were some standout moments for you uh 
definitely what we've talked about so far. I also have a Rory's bookshelf, which goes out to a portrait that we don't see, actually. And this is what I thought was fun about it. So when we're coming back from another scene away, I think at Luke's, Taylor is like wrapping up the previous segment, talking about how that was Picasso's Guernica, I think we decided is how you say it. And he's like, wow, that was, you know, something. Like Taylor seems kind of put off by it. And I want to like highlight this as a good reference because if you Google Guernica or if you've seen it before, it's got like a lot going on and Picasso's style, you know, is like so abstract and whatnot. And I just would have loved to see like, how did they put this together? Like they would have needed so many people, but also like, it's not exactly like real human looking. So I don't know how they would have done it. And it's got some like, it's anti-war kind of theme. So it's got some like gruesome stuff in it um, and just some wacky stuff in it as well. And it's like really big too. So I'm just enjoying imagining like how they would have put that on, you know? (laughs) I'm looking at it now and there's like a dragon type thing and like a cow. So it'd be like animals and stuff too. Yeah. That'd be so interesting. (laughs) Yep. So I thought that was a really fun reference and I feel like very tongue in cheek for them to name it, but then not Mm -hmm. show it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, and the next one up that they do show is Andrew mm-hmm. as the the Reaper, I guess a statue that would have been in Versailles. And he's like in the gazebo rotating around. And he looks so, so cool. like it looks so good. Yeah. It looks really cool. Um, and Rory's like looks so cool too. Like Rory's like really look like a painting. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just really impressed with with all of them. Yeah. Did you have a favorite? I think my favorite was the Reaper. That was just mm-hmm. like so cool. Um, I liked Lorelai's too. It, I, I, maybe it's not my favorite because that's not my favorite style of art. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I really liked that one as well. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I liked all of them. And the Last Supper was just no. amazing how like mm-hmm. all the, <laughs> they were all fighting up until the second that the curtain rose and then they were like perfectly still and it looked like yeah. the Last Supper. It was, yeah, it just did. amazing. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, this is award-worthy. Yeah. Like, costuming and production and all of that. I wonder. I bet they didn't get an award, but they should have. Yeah. Agreed. Um, My gazebo moment was Lorelai's moment at the end of the episode when she's doing her Renoir girl moment. And she's kind of freaking out before beforehand, like... She finally admits she did flinch seven (laughs) years ago. And Rory is, like, trying but failing to give her a pep talk. Like, she doesn't have any advice for her. She's like, close your eyes and think of England. (laughs) And it's not that hopeful, but, like, Lorelai gets up to do it anyway. And this is my gazebo moment because I love the callback to the baby pager going off. Like, I didn't remember this is how it ended. I was thinking to myself, like, does she flinch? Does she nail it? Like, what's going to happen? And the suspense is killing me. And then, you know, she's there. And then the pager goes off and everyone is listening to the little tune. And Miss Patty says, oi, to the ve," which I thought was really funny. But Lorelai does manage to say frozen. So good for her. And then 
the cherry on top for me is that as Taylor is like closing out the festival, you see them running out from behind the stage. Like Rory's still in her costume, Lorelai's still in her makeup, all of that stuff. And they're like running immediately to go to Sippy's. And it's just like underscores the connection there, you know, like, yeah, they're going to their best friend having a baby. It's so sweet, you know? Yeah. And it's a good moment. Agreed. We also get like two little scenes during this mm-hmm. that we should talk about. Yes. The first one is the kind of finale of the Gil and Hebalian stuff when uh, Lane sees Gil there and she goes up to kind of give him the bad news that they've decided not to go with him. And he, he like preemptively explains that he understands the age difference thing is weird, but the reason he was really interested in being part of the band was because in the past he had been in a band that was like almost going to make it and then they just blew it at their one chance and so he had put away his guitar for a long time um, and he'd just like committed to getting back into it and really had really liked playing with them and Lane is completely taken over by this story. I think also by the fact that he was like opening for some big bands or like that was Mm -hmm. the potential was to open with uh quiet riot and she just tells him he doesn't need to worry about it because he's in the band uh she'll (laughs) deal with the consequences later and then he's like he's so excited he goes and hugs his wife and kids and it's great (laughs) yeah i feel like this kind of symbolizes like Lane sort of taking the leadership role in Hep Alien because before, you know, she joined the band. She was the new member. Dave kind of seemed to be in charge. And now here, before it seemed to be like equal standing for all of them. But in this moment, she's like confident and trusts her instincts of like, this is the right person. I think partially because you're right, like she is inspired by his story, but then also strategically it's like, oh, this guy has had success like he's got connections things like that like it's practically smart as well Mm -hmm. so I enjoyed it and I like the humor of him going like his wife and kid are right there and he's like I'm in the band (laughs) so excited so sweet Mm -hmm. the other scene that we've got in between here is at Luke's and this was my Friday night dinner critique um not that I'm saying it's all bad but I just had some questions about the story writing of it all so Luke's inside, and who appears but a blonde Nicole. Yeah. No longer redhead. Dun, dun, she's dun. blonde now. <laughs> so she's changed, you know. And they kind of chit-chat a little bit before Nicole gets into, like, her reason for being there. Um, she remarks about how ironic it is that getting married is what broke them up. And then she starts to talk about, like, maybe rushing into divorce could be wrong, Um, maybe we should postpone the divorce and date and Luke is kind of like confused by all of this but seems to be fairly like persuaded or interested in what she's saying by the end and like like I said before I think when we talked at the very start of the season I liked this whole like surprise Luke got married now he wants to get divorced like I liked the complicated turn it took and I thought they could have like stretched it out more then so I guess I think it's just like this felt so like out of the blue and I felt like this wasn't necessarily foreshadowed like we've gotten a lot of like Luke and lawyers but we haven't gotten a lot of Luke 
and Nicole specifically. Like, I thought it would be different if they'd had a scene or two with Nicole before. Like, maybe if she was representing herself and they were talking about the divorce and then we get a sense that Nicole might be having a change of heart. But as it stands, like, we don't get, we don't know anything about where Nicole stands on this. And for her to just appear out of the blue and be like, maybe we should date again, like, I like the idea and I like that they're going to try again because it's complicated, you know, and I like what they'll explore with that. But I was like, I just felt so random and it almost just felt like they're like, oh, hey, you know, Lorelai's about to go with Jason. So why don't we give Luke something to do in the time? And so, oh, yeah, let's throw in Nicole again. Let's not do that divorce anymore. This just didn't feel as like planned as it could have, I guess. Yeah. So I like it and I dislike it at the same time. I thought it felt kind of like a booty call when she showed up (laughs) to ask him that. Like, it was just so random, as you said, like no lead up to it, that it felt like something that had like other motivations beyond just dating. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I I agree with you that I like they needed to build up to it. But I kind of like the idea of them trying to Mm. date again to see where it goes. But I also remember what happens after that. And it's basically (laughs) nothing until Mm. Luke (laughs) finds out that she's cheating on him. Really? And so it's just Hmm. like, what is the point? Yeah. Uh, Did the actor suddenly say like, oh, I'm not actually available for more (laughs) scenes. Like write me in again in a few episodes. (laughs) Just so like so so random but anyways that that was the episode it's such a fun episode um even our friday night dinners i think were comparatively pretty soft Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i did stretch to find one Mm -hmm. in a way that i don't always have to (laughs) yeah same (laughs) Mm -hmm. who was your mvp for this episode oh gosh you know it's difficult i felt like it was a pretty good episode for a lot of people um I'm going to go ahead and say Kirk. You know, he was your MVP last episode. And so I will take a turn for this episode. I like it was just like the height of comedy was. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, my gosh. What's the actor's name again? Uh, Sean 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 Gunn. Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was just like Sean Gunn's like commitment to the like just the such earnest portrayal of like Kirk being Christ for like the whole episode and. The different levels, the different scenes of humor, all of the different like illusions and whatnot. It was just really, really fun. When he ate lentils with his hands. With his hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am glad you picked Kirk because I decided to pick somebody else, even though Kirk was my first choice, but I didn't want to have the same MVP mm-hmm. two weeks in a row. Well, I got your back. Now, Thanks. Who was your MVP? <laughs> Mine was Lorelai, who I think nice. was yours last week. I think so, yeah, swapping. Yeah. I chose her just because she was, even though she was anti-midwife and skeptical, she was still (laughs) supportive. She was Mm -hmm. able to kind of bring Suki down out of her panic with the talk about Rory's baby box and stuff. She didn't flinch, and she she made all the, well, she didn't make, but she helped with all those costumes, so she was just an all-star this episode, I think. And she had to deal with, like, not getting to be the Renoir girl at the yeah. start. So she like kind of overcomes something that might have been really <laughs> humiliating for her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you like have any um, paintings or like artwork that you would like to be 
in a tableau oh. for. I have this. I didn't think about this ahead of time, so. I have this I one uh, print from an artist who does, like, collages by, like, clipping out things from different uh, medium media. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a woman in, like, a green kind of renaissance dress, but then in place of her head is a huge mushroom. I would like to be that. <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs) Can you think of any? Yeah, I don't remember the name, but this was my computer background for a long time. I think the name is something about like a girl tired after a dance or something like that. But it's this like big green couch, I think. And she's like laying down, splayed out over it and has like a book in her hand. And essentially it's like I like to talk about like exhausted women and stuff in my work. So it's essentially that vibe of um, leisure and whatnot. I'll I'll try to find it. But I would like to do that because then I'd just be laying down having a rest. Yeah. Yeah. Send me that Mm -hmm. picture. I'll post them on Instagram so we can see our two different personalities. (laughs) Funny. First water bottles, now painting. Yeah. Very good. Well, all right. Until next time. Talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.